Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back. CBS Sports Island College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash that like button. As if you were Brandon Davies, you have consent. You always have consent with the like button. Dead leg. Big news of the past 24 hours is that Louisville has hired Milt Wagner in a director of player development and alumni role. They're bringing a former Cardinal back to campus. Worth noting, Bill Wagner is the grandfather of DJ Wagner, the number one recruit in the class of 2023. So now Louisville is considered by most to be the favorite to land DJ Wagner. Deadleg, your thoughts? It uh, makes the interesting race for DJ Wagner all the more interesting here. Um, as you wrote, I mean, this is Kenny... Kenny Payne beating Cal at his own game. Not that Cal would Cal have been able to do this anyway. Milt Wagner, Louisville man, he couldn't have hired. I mean, he theoretically could have, but unlikely he could have convinced Milt Wagner to a similar type of role at Kentucky, right? Louisville and Kenny Payne had an inherent advantage in this regard. Cal couldn't pull the I mean, move. I, 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 may, maybe, but let me add, Milt Wagner once was hired by Cal at Memphis, and in the time Milt Wagner was playing college basketball in the 80s, Memphis was one of, if not the biggest, Louisville rival. Okay, there we go. I was so raised we, on the Metro Conference. So what are we doing, John Calipari? <laughs> Sleep at the wheel? What happened here? What's going on? It's super fascinating, man. Listen, DJ Wagner, when he gets to college, is going to probably be one of the five to ten best players in the sport once he gets there, no matter who he's suiting up for. And this is, you know, in advance of what will be an interesting live period in July recruiting. You know, you have, you have all the grassroots circuits, Under Armour, Adidas, and of course, Nike, which is highlighted by the Peach Jam, which will be in mid to late July. Um, you know, Milt Wagner is not going to be on the road recruiting, although he will be on the road to watch his grandson. So in effect, uh, Kenny Payne will also have the advantage of having uh, a fourth person on staff in the gyms when DJ Wagner's playing because by nature of him being, you know, hello, his grandfather, he'll be able to, uh, he'll be able to go and watch. And that's certainly uh, an interesting advantage. It comes at a time when Duke is obviously killing it on the recruiting trail. Kentucky is coming off of a pair of seasons here where the fan base is just, you know, GP, we talked about this once they got knocked out of the tournament uh, in March. Uh, there is some consternation uh, and, you know, John Calipari's tenure isn't going to hinge on whether or not they land DJ Wagner, but man, oh man, be a lot better if he did than if he didn't. Right. And for a while, it's felt as though um, Kentucky has been uh, the favorite. I'll note when I spoke with uh, Sarita Wagner, uh, DJ's mom, and I talked with uh, I talked with Dewan as well last summer, and I even caught up with Sarita um, late fall, early, early winter. Uh, they had always maintained that. Um, you know, the recruiting process was not as they're very, very, very savvy people. And obviously, Dewan having gone through this process, is really understands it. They'd, they'd maintained to me that it was not as uh, it really was not as what it was being perceived in terms of there's really three or four schools that are actually involved. Uh, and I'm going to take his mom at his word. Now, maybe that's changed in the five, six months since I talked to him since. Um, but yeah, Paris, this sets up for what will be an interesting summer. And I don't know what the timeline is for DJ to commit. But you would have to think by doing this, Louisville uh, certainly should be considered side-by-side uh, side alongside Kentucky to be uh, most likely uh, to land D.J. Wagner at some point here. For what it's worth, I talked to Travis Branham at 24-7 Sports yesterday, and he considers Louisville to be the leader. He thinks D.J. Wagner is going to, like his grandfather, uh, be a Cardinal. And he actually had switched his or made a crystal ball prediction uh, back in mid-April for DJ Wagner to go to Louisville because, as he told me, he was hearing then that something like this was going to happen. And so now here we are. 
Um, for people who might be unfamiliar with the history of these relationships, with this story and how far it dates back, let me walk you through it uh, real quick because I, I lived through um, all of this stuff and was pretty up close to it. Uh, so back in uh, September 1999, John Calipari was officially announced as a member of Larry Brown's staff with the Philadelphia 76ers. This is after John had been fired uh, 23 games into his third season with what was then the New Jersey Nets. So he's tight with Larry Brown. They go way back. He's considers him a mentor and Larry puts him on staff with the Sixers. Again, this is September, 1999. A at this point, uh, John knew that this was a one-year job because he had already made plans to return to college basketball. Um, you know, after the 1999, 2000, college basketball season and he was basically going to take whatever the best job available that he could get was he was coming back to college basketball and um just before the start of that season the memphis coach tick price was forced to resign because he was having an inappropriate relationship with a student and johnny jones who went on to be the head coach at north texas and lsu uh was named the uh the, the the interim head coach and it started to be talked about very early in that season like December certainly by January that Memphis was targeting John Calipari and he was you know very interested in being the Memphis coach in part because Larry Brown was once very close to becoming the Memphis coach and ultimately turned it down turned down the job but as John tells the story when he was asking Larry about Memphis Larry said, you should take that job. So jump as coach. And in that season, while working with the Sixers, he started spending a lot of time um, just across the Delaware River because Pennsylvania and New Jersey, because I'm an expert in geography, mm -hmm. uh, this expert. Capital city of New Jersey. Caracas. Piscataway. Oh my gosh. Newark. Thank you. Yeah, I've been in Newark. I've spent time in Newark. Third time's a charm. Spilk. I thought it was Caracas. So here, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, separated by. Oh, trivia time. Separated by what? A border? Uh, yeah, I guess technically. But also a body of water. What is the body of water? Mmm. I know the city on the body of the water. What's the city in Pennsylvania? Well, Philadelphia. Well, Camden. Camden is in New Jersey, you idiot. Mm. <laughs> what's, this, what's the body of water? The Delaware River. All right. There we go. That was a low point for you. It's, it's my fucking birthday. I mean, I'll just, you know, I'm... I'm I'm all over the place right now. All right. Here we go. Have, sounds like somebody stayed up a little too late Not on, birth, uh, on birthday eve. Not even a little. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. How old are you today? 28? Number 41, my man. 41. I want yeah. everybody watching on YouTube to look at us right now, both of us, and realize I'm only four years older than that guy. Looks like sounds like it's somebody takes sounds like somebody takes looks like somebody takes care of themselves a little better than the other. But at least I know Camden is in New Jersey. <laughs> that was outrageous. I knew it. I, just, I blanked on it. Continue with your Cal story. So Cal's working in Philadelphia. Fifteen minutes across the river is Camden, New Jersey, where a young man named Dewan Wagner is establishing himself as the most dynamic guard in the country. So Cal's establishing that relationship. He gets hired at Memphis in March um, 2000. And uh, within a couple of months of getting that job, more or less, he hires Milt Wagner in an administrative role. Also offers a scholarship and ultimately enrolls Arthur Barclay, who is Dewan Wagner's best friend from Camden High in Camden, New Jersey. Um, so John has set this thing up 
and it became obvious very quickly Dewan Wagner was going to be a Memphis Tiger. And so in June of 2000, Dewan Wagner commits to Memphis, uh, subsequently enrolls at Memphis, and is really good as a freshman, but somehow, some way, go look at the roster, you'll never figure it out. That team missed the NCAA tournament. Won the NIT. Your 2000, um, NIT, I mean, your 2000, 2001, uh, or 2001, 2002, rather, NIT champions. Uh, those are your, your Memphis Tigers, led by Dewan Wagner. So John's had relationships with this family and the people around this family for literally more than two decades. Um, among the other people he's tight with that are in this circle, William Wesley, uh, Nick's executive, who at that time, you know, I, I would sit with Wes every day in the Finch Center uh, on campus at Memphis and practices as I was the beat writer um, for the Commercial Appeal newspaper. And he was just Uncle Wes. He, nobody called him Worldwide Wes. That was not a thing then. He was just Uncle Wes. Uncle Wes. That was Wani's Uncle Wes. And so John's got that relationship with Wes, relationship with Milt, relationship with Wani. And he's known DJ since he was a baby. So for a while now, I don't know that anybody's called it a lock, but it's been just sort of understood in basketball circles that uh, DJ Wagner was almost certainly going to end up playing for John Calipari at Kentucky, playing for John Calipari just like his father played for John Calipari. And it's always interesting to me how these things work because nobody thought Chris Mack was not going to be the head coach at Louisville mm -hmm. heading into the 2022-23 season in the summer of uh, DJ Wagner's last summer before his senior year of high school. So you're not even really thinking Louisville is an option here. I mean, I guess it's technically an option, but not a problem for Kentucky as it pertains to DJ Wagner. But Chris Mack resigned midseason. Louisville had a coaching search, and they did what Georgetown has done, what Michigan has done, what Memphis has done, and that's hire a famous alum to run its program, and that is Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne was a member of the 1986 Louisville basketball team that won the national championship, and on that team with Kenny Payne was Milt Wagner. Kenny Payne and Milt Wagner um, are tight College teammates, when Milt talked about Kenny yesterday, he said, I, uh, you know, I'm so thrilled to be working side by side with my brother. When Kenny Payne talked about Milt, he said, I, I just love the fact that my brother's on staff. They call each other brother. Uh, however long John Calipari's had relationships with his family, Kenny Payne's had them longer. And now Kenny Payne has set himself up um, to land the number one recruit in the country uh, in, in DJ Wagner, um, in part because he's very good at his job. Like, I think Louisville would have probably been in there no matter what. But when you hire DJ Wagner's grandfather and you bring him to staff, um, this is the type of thing that worked for John Calipari two decades ago. And it appears like it's the type of thing that um, is going to lead to Louisville beating Kentucky, to Kenny Payne beating John Calipari. Um, for the number one recruit in the country. Um, again, I want to make this clear. That's not just my opinion. Um, that is what most recruiting analysts seem to think right now. Last time Louisville beat Kentucky for a top five to 10 recruit, like a clear race. I don't know. Went for a ride, went for a run this morning, trying to stay young. You want to know why? You want to know why you look like that and I look like this? Cardio, my man cardio and as i was on that run i was like when's the last time louisville won it might have happened recently but of this level this is great for college basketball man this is this is how you uh keep the rivalry stoked keep it going um you know i would never count out kentucky personally i wouldn't but this is as much of a perceived advantage uh in a recruiting race like this uh, as you could possibly get. And for Louisville fans, man, what a big one. I mean, even just winding up in this situation to begin with, you mentioned the Max stuff. He resigns midseason. Um, and to be a Louisville Cardinals fan here at the end of May, when, yeah, Kenny Payne hasn't coached a game yet. You haven't even gotten through one full off season yet. But so much, man, we'll talk about not maybe a full 180, but a good like 150. Like the optimism 
for this program heading into next season and then particularly the one after that, which would be when Wagner would be in uniform for Louisville, if indeed he does commit, is uh, is big time. I think that's really, really good. Um, Carolina effectively ended the Duke-Carolina rivalry. I say it in jest. I say it in jest. Um, but uh, but between that and now Kentucky-Louisville getting, you know, its next phase, its next stage, it's going to be interesting. Do you happen to know? I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. And someone I know. Me. I know everything. Delaware River. Delaware oh. River. Mm. Isn't it the Delaware Water Gap, technically? I don't know. It looks like a river if you're looking at it. I looked at it yesterday. Okay. All right. All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, it looks like yeah. a river. I'm going to call it. looks like a river. I'm going to call it a river. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, this is big time stuff, big time. And, and, and great on pain for getting this done and adding Wagner to the staff. Um, I thought there was still like a, a bit of clarification that was needed, uh, in regard to, um, Milt Wagner actually being on staff and being a, a paid member of the university and how that ties to, uh, I, I, I believe, um, they, they were smart about this. Um, it's not an official basketball staff position. Okay. It's more of a university position. So the rule is, and this was changed at some point, uh, because when John Calipari, let's just connect all these dots. When John Calipari hired Milt Wagner, it was like an administrative role on the basketball staff. And then DeWan Wagner enrolls at Memphis. And that's the way these things had, had typically worked over the years. Um, like John Calipari also at Memphis hired somebody tight with Tyreek Evans, just in a whatever role. And then Tyreek Evans enrolls at Memphis. And so the NCAA came in and said, all right, enough is enough. Back when the NCAA, you know, had rules and tried to enforce them. Remember those? Remember that? And, and, and so right. the NCAA said, we're not going to do, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, if you're going to hire somebody, they have to be one of your three on the road assistants. And then you can still recruit people they have relationships with, but you can't just invent a spot for somebody who's the parent or brother or cousin or friend of a, of a, a prospective student athlete hire them and then get the student athlete that's that's extra benefits we're not doing that anymore um so louisville would not have been able to hire milt in the same role that memphis once hired milt that would be against current ncaa rules if there are still ncaa rules uh, so what louisville has done is you know they found a a loophole like everybody else does and they have uh, hired milt in the type of position that will allow them to still you know, within the rule book, recruit, pursue uh, Milt's grandson, DJ Wagner. So my understanding is that's all good to go because Louisville was smart about this. Which, by the way, is if you're a Louisville fan, should be a very yeah. good sign. I'm always impressed by coaches who know how to work around this stuff. And though Kenny Payne is a first-year coach, uh, he's worked in college basketball for a long time, worked for John Calipari at Kentucky. So this is um, an indication that he, he knows what he's doing. As we speak right now, and maybe this, uh, <laughs> well, I <laughs> uh, went to his 247 page for DJ Wagner. Uh, there are four Louisvilles and two Kentuckys, although one of the Kentuckys is Brian Snow, who no longer works as, as an analyst. <laughs> you know, I, to, to Snow's credit, he's not exactly required to do this anymore because he is the director of recruiting now at Penn State. So, um, but Adam Finkelstein, Travis Branham have Louisville. Uh, Chris Fisher, who works with Cat's Paws in the 247 Network, which is a Kentucky site, still has Kentucky as his prediction, but he also has an NFL. What, what if you clicked that? What if you clicked on that page and it was okay? There's four, there's three Kentuckys, no, three, the four Louisvilles, one Kentucky, and a Penn State. I wonder who's got DJ Wagner going to Penn State. Oh, it's Brian Snow. I didn't <laughs> anticipate to see Snow's name when I brought this thing up, but sure enough. <laughs> There he is. By the way, Brian Snow's 2023 accuracy, 0%. Because oh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's lost his fastball. Zero Come on, percent. Snow. Get something uh, right. Get something right, Snow. Gosh, Snow. Get it together, man. Uh, but, you know, yes, I, I can't wait to uh, to see Wagner again on the trail uh, this summer. And then, yeah, I, he's... I, I, I know he's, he's considered the best prospect in the class right now. I think that's fair. I think there's also maybe an emerging debate over whether that will change later this summer. Regardless, really, really heady, confident combo guard who I just think he's going to step into college and be a star. He looks, he looks awesome, and Louisville could, uh, could have a butt. 
We'll have to wait and see what happens later this summer. If this gets uh, more intriguing and what Kentucky can do to to kind of try and get him there. Memphis is technically also listed among like the three most likely. Uh, and you never know, I guess. But we wait. We wait to see with uh, with Memphis and everything that's going to come down the pike with Penny and that program from an NCAA standpoint. That'd be an all timer for Penny Hardaway. Oh, my gosh. Like, Are you t- I- <laughs> Kentucky uh, John coach Dewan, Kenny hires Milt and Penny's like, I'll still get the- I'll still get this done one way or another. <laughs> Uh, that would be awesome that would be incredible man. <laughs> um uh, you, you, I, listen there's a I, I guess a whole summer of 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 grassroots basketball where these players will be evaluated and and ranked and re-ranked and shuffled around um I, I think at the end of the day dj wagner will be the number one prospect in the class of 2023 you remember i i got uh i found myself in a bit of controversy last summer when we were at peach jam and after like two games i was like uh are we really sure Jalen Duran is is uh is is the number one player in the class? Because what that usually means is a guy who looks like a, a possible number one pick in the draft. And I can't imagine, um, not not because he's not awesome, but because he doesn't look like um, a modern NBA prospect. Uh, you know, in terms, he looks more like a traditional big instead of a modern big. And I can't imagine that guy would be considered for the number one pick in the draft. And people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, have you looked at a mock draft lately? Duran is – I said he's going to go close. My prediction last summer, he'll go closer to 10 than 1. Seen a mock draft lately? Might not even go in the top 10. Might go in the top 10. Might not, though. When I saw Jalen Duran, I didn't see – I wasn't convinced this is the number one player in the class or that it should be the number one player in the class. When I saw DJ Wagner, I was convinced. I was like, he now he looks the part. Awesome in transition. Like every t- felt like every time I saw him get the ball in transition, he scored. Every time, I, I know that's not true. It-, it just felt that way. Like nobody could stop him from getting to the rim, making jumpers reliably. Um, you know, I-, I don't know that he's a better prospect than his father was, but you know, he might be. And his father was awesome. Went on to be the sixth pick in the 2002 NBA uh, draft. So I'm a believer in DJ Wagner. And you know, if you told me I had to hire somebody to get him, I would hire somebody to get him. He's he's terrific and and i'm with you i think we'll be one of the five ten best players in college basketball the moment um he starts playing college basketball uh can we get one thing straight though because I, I i tweeted about this yesterday that i decided to write the column because it's just sort of like there's a lot of juicy stuff there and and you know because i lived it i sort of know the background of this and um so i was like i, I i'll write a column about this i wrote the column you can read it at cbssports.com and it's amazing how many uh people wanted to remind me well, you know, John Calipari hired Milt Wagner back. Like, do you really think there's any scenario where I don't know that John Calipari hired Milt Wagner once upon a time? Like, what what are we what are we doing? Beyond that, like, I mean, I like, forgot what? about the Delaware water gap. So, <laughs> like, people are like, "Hey, GP." Um, I mean, you realize John Calipari hired Milt Wagner at Memphis? What? I had no idea. Like, what is it? What is? How do you get to a point where you you're on Twitter following me, which means you have to be somewhat aware of who I, of, of who I am and what I do. And you're compelled to spend part of like even a minute trying to tell me something that you have to know. I know what Twitter's wild. Did you know Penny played at Memphis? I don't think you knew that. What? Yeah, I don't think what? you knew that. What you so claim to have grown up on the Metro Conference? I was raised on it. Okay. Anyway, what point are you getting at here? Try to tell a story about Bimbo Coles. Oh, okay. That's not true. So you had that from some fans, and then I got some other Louisville fans who read the tweet and they're like, "Why? Why are you trying to make this out like they hired Milt Wagner?" To get a recruit, they hired Milt Wagner because he's a former Louisville great, and this is the type of position that goes to for players all the time. Why don't you tell that story? <laughs> all right, let's stop for a second. I'm happy for Louisville because I I think it's I think Louisville being great at basketball is great. I in in all sincerity, I was raised on the Metro Conference, and Louisville was a massive part of my childhood. Louisville basketball was a big part of my childhood. Purvis Ellison, Lafonso, uh, uh, what's my, what's my, Lafonso uh, Ellis? I was about to say Lafonso <laughs> Ellis, but that's, my man. that's Notre yeah. Dame. 
I just met. Oh my God. What is that player's name? Somebody put it in the comments. Uh, no, I thought you were raised. I what thought you were raised on this conference, on this team. Purvis Ellison. Who was my other guy that I'm trying to think of? Uh, Francisco Garcia. Fraudulent. I was raised on the Clinton is the capital of New Jersey, not Newark. Fact check I, correction. I think it's Caracas. Uh, Edgar Sosa. Give me some old school Louisville basketball. Oh, uh, LeBra- LeBradford Smith. That's what I was yeah, trying to get to. The guy who trash talked Jordan. Okay. That's, yeah, all right. LeBradford Edgar. Smith. But shout out to Lafonso Ellis, too. Nice guy. Why not? Let's get with something straight. I'm happy for Louisville. Just like I keep saying, John Calipari has known Milt Wagner for two decades. I've known Milt Wagner for two decades. I love Milt Wagner. Happy for the family. But Milt Wagner left Louisville 36 years ago. (laughs) He coached at Memphis 22 years ago. Louisville could have hired him at any point. True. The, point, the point where Louisville hired him was in the summer before his grandson, who's the number one prospect in the country, became a senior in high school. So, like, nobody's mad. Nobody this isn't even a thing anymore. It's like, not even a thing. It's not even, it's it's not like even a thing. If you don't do this, you're negligent. Kenny Payne should yes. have been fired if he didn't do this. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay? He should have been so nobody, fired. Now, it is funny because when, when John hired Milt at Memphis in, you know, whatever, 2000, that was, like, controversial. Like, oh, I, I, used to, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. it used to be like, uh, I can't believe what these coaches are doing. Right. Uh, like, I went, I, yesterday, you could Google this. It was a New York Post column. And it was like John Calipari's up to his old tricks again. John Calipari just got back to college. And here he goes again. He got UMass uh, in trouble, and now he's already hiring the father of the number one recruit in the country. So, like, this was a thing then. It's not a thing anymore. Nobody cares. Nobody thinks it's cheating. Nobody thinks it's wrong. Nobody's out there going, I can't believe what Louisville did. So just enjoy it. Celebrate it. Be thrilled. But don't try to tell me all Louisville did here is hire a former player because that's silly. We don't have to lie to each other. Uh, Kenny Payne is tight with Milt, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure Kenny Payne's tight with a lot of guys he played basketball with at Louisville. The guy he tried to hire, <laughs> the guy he did hire, is a guy whose grandson is the number one recruit in the country and about to be a senior in high school. It, it is what it is. We don't have to lie to each other. Nobody's mad at you. Be happy. I'm happy for you. But don't try to make me <laughs> don't try to make me think this isn't what it is because you, you can't you can't trick me. I know where Caracas, New Jersey is. Can we turn on the internet in Indiana for a second, please? You want to turn on the internet in Indiana. Turn it on. You know what? We'll do that next. But first, a word from our sponsors. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Shouts to Herky's Wings. (laughs) Sure. Uh, What I want to know is, 
that was a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 promo on YouTube here. If you yeah. listen on the podcast, are you hearing the Sonic promo? Do you hear I that? Think, or do you I, think we, I think they hear something else, I think. Okay. Well, I think we've been over watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2 promo, go to the YouTube channel, smash the like button. You can smash watch it. the Sonic 2 promo, and then you're off and running. Herky's, Herky, Herky's wings said tickle the like button. Okay. I think that works, too. It accomplishes something. It accomplishes something. I, I I've seen the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Have not. I have not. Kids yeah. liked it. I just sort of like you know was just sort of in the background, like any good parent. I just sort of sat there and scrolled through my Instagram. Yeah. But uh, looking forward to it. I'm sure my kids will want to go to the theaters and see it or watch it on Paramount Plus or yeah, watch it on Paramount Plus. That feels like what I'm supposed to say. That's correct. I bet my kids can't wait to watch it on Paramount Plus. There you go. Indi- Indiana got their internet turned back on. Because Trace Jackson Day, uh, Davis is one of uh, a handful of interesting uh, college basketball players who have announced they are withdrawing from the NBA draft. So uh, Indiana should be good next season, right? And, and and Trace should be preseason All-American? Gotta be. He'll be on my preseason. I was in on Trace going into last season as borderline top five player in the country. Um, I'll be there again. He Here are the numbers. 18.3 points, 8.1 rebounds. Uh, 1.9 assists, shot 59% from the field, and played 35 games, you know, 32 and change minutes per game overall. Uh, Indiana had an up and down season, 21 and 14, but they made the tournament. They did beat Wyoming before losing to St. Mary's. Uh, obviously, they got there via the via the first four. But Trace was uh, what was the final score in that St. Mary's game? Oh boy, boy, it knocked it's, the internet out, Jack. 82 to 53. Oh my god. How is it like That's what like other put- games were happening? I have very little memory of now. I know I watched it uh because I was in Greenville and my games were Friday, Sunday. So I watched everything Thursday, Saturday. So I watched this, but what else was happening when this game was going down? Because I barely remember Indiana getting absolutely demolished. I didn't remember it being that bad. I didn't. So I know Indiana fans and St. Mary's fans can remember it all too well, but I didn't realize it was that. Woo! Oh, yeah. That messed everybody's modem up. It <laughs> made major modem damage. Trace in that game at 12 points, five boards, no fouls, but good God, 82 to 53. Um, but he's coming back. That's big time news. Indiana could well set up. They could. I'm not there yet, uh, but I saw a little of this going around. Set up as the preseason favorite in the Big Ten because Trace is coming back in addition to some others. But he's the big he's the big piece. He'll be he's got to be, in my opinion, preseason first team All-American. I think he's got I think Trace has got potential. If you want good value on a preseason national player of the year, like, you know, there'll be other guys that'll be. Uh, ranked ahead of him, uh, Shibwe at the ho- top of that list. I actually think Trace is capable of winning National Player of the Year. I w- I'm going to go with somebody from St. Mary's. I don't know who, but I'm going with somebody from St. Mary's. Okay. Fair enough, Parrish. Uh, but no, that's you know, big-time news there. Uh, where do you have Indiana in your rankings? Did you move them uh, because of this, or did you always have them ranked with I, the idea that Trace was coming I back? always had them ranked with the idea that Trace was coming back. So I've got them 18th right now, but that's that, that stacks up as second in the Big Ten behind Michigan. I mean, I've got the top two in the Big Ten. Well, let's just see. No Big Ten teams in the top ten of the top 25 and one. But I've got Michigan at 12, uh, Indiana at 18, Purdue at 22, Ohio State at 24, Michigan State at 25. Okay. Aside from for the listeners, Ryan, the listeners, Trace is coming back at Indiana. He'll be by far the most important player. Who else do we have there? Race Thompson? Rob Finnessy's gone. Miller Cop, Parker Stewart transferred back to um, um, Tennessee Martin, which is actually a real quick on that. A pretty powerful story. Parker Stewart uh, tragically lost his father, who was the coach of Tennessee Martin, uh, almost two years ago. He played at Indiana last year, and then he's going to go back. He played in Indiana, and he's going to actually finish out his college career at Tennessee Martin, um, where he began and where you know uh, where he lost his dad. So that was um, you know. One of those stories where I saw, I thought, man, what a journey he's uh he's kind of taken there. Overall, though, 
I, I mean, the 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 one that they're bringing in that I think is just terrific is um, Jalen Hood Shafino, who played for for Team Thad um, on the grassroots circuit last summer. You might remember he like popped positive COVID and had to miss part of Peach Jam. Um, but I saw him in advance of that, and he he's awesome. Like when I first saw him, I think he was listed as a four star by most. And I was like, ah, this seems better than that. And he subsequently moved up uh, in various rankings. I believe he's, if not a consensus five-star, certainly a five-star in some places right now. I, I think he's great. Like, yeah, I, th- I think he'll be fabulous at Indiana. So I, I, I really like the roster uh, that Mike Woodson has, has put together. I, I think, yeah, if Indiana wins a Big Ten title, um, it won't be su- that surprising to me. <sighs> Last time... Let me see here. Last time Indiana won a Big Ten title. What are you talking? Tom Crean. 16. Tom Crean. I know. So they won this. They won the regular season in 16. They won it in 13 as well. Uh, and Indiana has never won a Big Ten tournament title in its history. Never won it. But yeah, because I remember their Big Ten tournament record is like absurdly bad. I can't remember what it is now, but when they lost in the big 10 tournament, someone had mentioned it or brought it to light. And it was unbelievable how like they hadn't made. What was it? IU fans with the internet. You're going to find me afterward. It's something like Indiana has not played in a big 10 semi in like 15 years or something like that. No, I remember this being a thing. Either you said it or somebody else said it. And I was like, it was one of those things that I, when I heard it, I was like, well, there's no way that can be true. And it was like, oh, it actually is true. It's bananas. Like, has it, I think it was something like this. Hasn't won two Big Ten tournament games in the same tournament in, like, ever or a million years or 20 or something. You're right. It something- it, it, yeah, it was, it, was something, uh, it was something like that. I want to see if I can get it real quick before we – because that's just I – mean, that just can't be. It cannot be. It sounded it. impossible. Whatever it was, and I think it was something like hadn't won multiple Big Ten tournament games in the same year in a significant amount of time. And I was like, there's just no way that's true. Is. I got it. I got it. Indiana hasn't won at least two games in the Big Ten tournament since 2003. That sounds impossible. 2003, they have not won two games in a Big Ten. I want to be clear. They've won more than two games in the Big Ten tournament, but in a single Big Ten tournament, they have not won more than two games since 2003. We got to get get them to the Summit League tournament somehow. This is not working out. Can we acknowledge this is not working out? They won two two this year. Um, So they they tied the mark, so they haven't won more than two since 03. They finally tied it when they got two this year, but that is just, it's unreal, man. Maybe we could work out a deal where they play in the Big Ten regular season, but then they play the Summit League tournament. We got to get some tournament victories. This is getting outrageous. This is know. Indiana. This is Indiana basketball for crying out loud. Um, so I use uh, Race Thompson, uh, Miller Cop, Xavier uh, Johnson will be back. Um, Jordan Geronimo will be back. You mentioned Hood Shafino uh, will be in there, and then uh, Malik uh, Reno. Is coming in in addition to Trace Jackson Davis. So I don't know if that's the best team in the Big Ten. To me, that is a top three team for sure. And we started the pod talk in Louisville, talk Indiana. These are a couple of fan bases, a couple of blue blood programs as far as I'm concerned, and they have been toiling a bit, and they will enter into next season. Indiana immediately, Louisville, depending on what they do recruiting-wise, um, with just some real, real optimism there. Hoosiers are overdue for um, for some sustained success and relevance. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is a big one, and I, I I'm all in on him. Um, and he might, yeah, I might when it gets time in October for us to make our preseason predictions. I just think that he he clearly made a big jump last season, and I think he's making a great decision to return to college because I think that he will improve his draft stock. He'll get drafted next year and potentially be the best player in America in 2022, 2023. Yeah, and this is an example, and we can get out of here on this, uh, of two things working uh, that, that are helping Indiana and schools like Indiana. It's name, image, and likeness rights being a reality, 
and traditional bigs not really having a, a great value as it pertains to the NBA draft. You know, this is uh, largely why Oscar Shibway is back in school. It's um, why most people believe Drew Timmy will be back in school. Although Drew Timmy did shoot it at the combine, apparently. Like, went out in one of these games. Come and went. Come on back, though. I know. I know. I know. Well, it's wild. He doesn't shoot uh, from the perimeter at Gonzaga, rarely. And he goes in, in one combine game. He was four or five from three. It, it sounds like he just said, you know what? I'm going to I'm shooting. This is what they need to see. I'm going to show it to them. He so, also got called for a travel and then, I guess, turned around and said they're not ready for the sauce. <laughs> so he might be gone. Well, he might, the- might have gotten a first-round promise on that alone. We might have well, seen a lot for Drew Timmy. Well, that is the thing. As awesome as Drew is, there are a lot of people who think he moves his feet in ways that aren't that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> once, once he catches the basketball, there's a lot of people who think he moves his feet in ways that should not be allowed. So the NBA officials or whoever it is working the combine at least caught him one time uh, doing that. Um, but uh, Armando Baycott back in school. All of these guys 30 years ago would be first-round draft picks and gone, baby, gone. Uh, but because uh, – there's just not great value like guys like that now have to you know drew timmy is never going to be in the nba i i think trace jackson davis might never never be in the nba based on well he was the 18th pick guaranteed contract now he's on the roster they're gonna have like you look at fred van vliet coming out of college and it's like he's a winner he can shoot he can run your team yeah but he's little and he's not a great athlete so he doesn't get picked but then he's like, I, I'll, I'll figure it it's, I'll get there. Just, uh, I'm going to be so awesome wherever I'm playing that I keep progressing. And then they go, okay, I had questions, but you know, the guy just keeps playing, keeps doing what he's doing. And so now here he is. Um, now what little guards used to have to do, if you had any sort of physical limitations, you were a little small, uh, not quite uh, athletic enough, or at least that was the perception you'd have to prove after college that you could play in the NBA by going to the G league, going overseas and just being an undeniable player, whatever setting you're in, you keep playing. And now traditional bigs are going to have to do that. Uh, you're not going to get picked with, with few exceptions. You're not going to get picked where you would have been picked 30 years ago because the game's changed so much. Whenever you decide to pursue a professional career, you're probably going to have to take a long road to get where you've always dreamt of going. Uh, it doesn't mean they can't get there but probably going to have to take a longer road than you than you would have taken 30 years ago because 30 years ago, these guys we're talking about, they'd have been picked 4th, 8th, 17th, and 28th. Uh, now it's more like 48, 51, maybe not at all. And when you combine that reality with, hey, you come back to school, make a lot of money, and be the best player on your team, that's the other thing I think gets lost sometimes. Um, there's something awesome about being the best player on a team. Like, have you ever been the best player when you were growing up? Were you ever the best player on a team? Like oh, I was, time. I was, I was sometimes the best player on, on, on a team that I was on. And that's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's, it's fun being awesome. <laughs> and so uh, you, you can, you want to go play in the G league and just be a guy or go to the NBA and sit at the end of the bench. We want to come back to college, make a lot of money and be the best player on your team. One of the best players in the country playing packed arenas on television. It's just a more attractive option for a lot of these guys. And that has been the story of this offseason when it comes to NBA draft decisions for the most part. We're getting some – I know the system is, to whatever extent it exists, has created some chaos and uncertainty and frustration. But one of the byproducts of it is that we're getting some awesome college basketball players back in school. And Trace Jackson Davis is maybe not at the top of that list, but he's close to it. I've never been the best player on any team. The closest I ever came to this was I grew up, uh, went to high school, middle school and high school in Vermont. And then I moved my senior year of high school, which is brutal. Don't recommend it to anyone. Oh, but that is me. awful. Yeah, it was not, no good. But what, what can you do? So, but in Vermont, it's not good enough to be on the ski team. And then I moved to Connecticut and I was the second best skier in the entire school. I still wasn't the best. There was still someone who was better than me, but I was the second uh, Vermont down to Connecticut did ski team. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to play varsity. I did. I wasn't good enough to, uh, to hoop it as a senior in Connecticut. I was like, Oh, whatever. I'll do ski team. Second best <laughs> like right there, right away. That's the closest yeah. I've ever been. Never been yeah. best. On it. No. Yeah. 
I don't think I was ever best on a baseball team. I was close probably, but I don't think I was ever best on soccer teams. I was the best when I was young. Like I, I'm not lying. I was an unbelievable. I was, I was the Pele of Horn Lake, Mississippi. That's what I was nicknamed. <laughs> I was nicknamed the Pele of Horn Lake, Mississippi. <laughs> it's a true story. That's a true story. I was the Pele. I was the Pele of Horn Lake, Mississippi. Say so I played Pele. So okay. I was uh, I three different. I think go ahead. Everyone listen. Go back. Listen to the past 20 seconds. I think he said three different ways in about 12 seconds. So. I kept in, I wanted to I wanted to emphasize it over and over again. Get a little better each time. I was the play of uh, of 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 Horn Lake, Mississippi. That's what I was nicknamed as I was growing up. Mm. And um, I played club, club soccer when I was young, like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, something like that. And then. I wanted to play high school baseball, but my club soccer team, it was one of those, you got to play year round, no other sports. And we didn't have high school soccer at the time. And I was like, <laughs> I was obsessed with getting a letter jacket. That's what felt that that's what felt important to me. And I was like, I'm going to play high school baseball because I want to play for my high school. And if you tell me I can't play club soccer and high school baseball, then I'm just going to not play club soccer. So I quit, but I still wanted to play soccer. And so I played in a lesser league for a lesser team. And I would, I was reestablished myself as the Pele of Horn Lake. It was outrageous how unbelievable I was relative to the competition. And then my junior year of high school, this is all true. Junior year of high school, we got a soccer team. First, first soccer team in the history of Horn Lake High. And uh, we they actually, the- they actually organized it just because you were going to play, right? It was like we got the Pele of Horn Lake enrolled. Shouldn't have even remember that. how they, remember how they built a basketball team around Amani Bates. It's basically the same thing. I was like the, I've never thought about this before, but I was like the Amani Bates of Horn Lake High School. And so we got in DeSoto County, Mississippi, we got uh, a sock, we got high school soccer for the first time. My baseball coach, he said, he said, you, you don't want to play that because you're going to, you know, what if you get hurt? You won't be able to play baseball in the spring. And I said, coach, I'll be fine. So I played high school soccer and I averaged like a hat trick a game. It was outrageous. You did not. That's, I'm, that's... I'm telling the truth. <laughs> There's no shot. I averaged average. like. Three goals a game in high school. I, I averaged about I averaged about three goals a game. If it were actually a hat trick, it would not surprise me. I was I was superior. I was the Pele of Horn Lake. It was like it was like I was from the it was like I was dropped in from the Premier League and I was suddenly playing in MLS. That's what it felt like. Not to take a shot at MLS. I don't even really know what I'm talking about when it comes to that stuff. So also true story. Got thrown out of my final game. Red card. Got thrown out of my final game. My last soccer game I got. You know what? You got too good. You got too arrogant. Classic downfall story. No, it is. I never even made the 30 for 30. I got a yellow for an – I got a yellow that I should never have gotten. And then I got – if I I think I got taken down in the box and ref no called it. And I said something I probably shouldn't have said. In fact, I shouldn't have said like if my kids did the same thing, I would want to kill them. And uh, but at that point, I was a bit of a, a rebel. I was not only the Paleo of Horn Lake, I was also a rebel. And uh, I got I got thrown out of my last my two my last two athletic things. Red card in a soccer match. High school career over thrown out. Six, four, three, double play. I hit into <laughs> baseball. That was the last thing I ever did. Hit into a six foot three double. Here, how about this first story? So my baseball coach said, "You can't play soccer; you'll get hurt." And I was unbelievable at soccer, as we've established. Baseball season, turn to double play. Shortstop got it to me late. Got taken out at second. I was a second baseman. Torn ACL. Done for the year. I've never Don't been the same. I've never life. been this. I've never been the same. Look at me. I haven't always looked like this. That's once correct. upon a time, once upon a time, I was the Paley of Horn Lake and a t- totally average middle infielder. Now look <laughs> at me. Now look at me. What were we talking about? I don't know, but let's go ahead and wrap this puppy up. How did we get on that? Just for no curiosity's clue. sake. No clue. <sighs> oh, being the best player on a team is fun. There we go. There we go. And that's what Trace Jackson Davis is going to get to do by returning to college. Congratulations, oh. Indiana fans. I hope your in- internet never goes out again. Shouts to David Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. 
Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to LeBradford Smith. Shouts to me, Pele of Horn Lake. Thank you for listening once again to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars. Nice review at Apple Podcasts. We need that. There's more of us than there are of them. It needs to be reflected in the comments. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube page, please, please subscribe to the YouTube page. I'm tired of asking you. I want to see the number go up. And uh, hit the like button every time you're watching because that that genuinely seems to help us. And we appreciate your help. I saw somebody in the comments ask, when is the Paulo Bencaro um, breakdown, if you will, uh, episode going to publish we have already done that we recorded that a couple days ago i don't even know if i'm supposed to say that out loud but you'll notice i was i'll be wearing the same clothes that i was wearing in uh in the jabari smith episode and in the chet holmgren episode that is recorded we were going to publish it today but then we knew we were going to talk about milt wagner and dj wagner in kentucky and louisville and uh, why wait till thursday to do that let's just knock that out today so paulo bencaro episode that'll drop tomorrow i believe at 10 a.m central 11 a.m. Eastern, and then we'll be back to talk to you again on Monday after that. So till then, on behalf of Norlander and the greatest soccer prospect in the history of DeSoto County, Mississippi, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.